Thank you for downloading and or streaming the newest episode of Recasted. I'm joined, as always, by Jesse. How are you guys? Thanks for tuning in. I'm Wayne G. Uh, we do apologize for anyone who tuned in to the last episode. We did have some issues, I guess, sound quality wise, but we're working it out. I mean, listen, uh, we do another podcast or I do another podcast and it's like 100 episodes in now. Sometimes these things take a little bit to iron themselves out, but hopefully you enjoy the content more than the uh, the sound. Absolutely. And, you know, we we love you guys to interact with us and to tell us that, you know, the sound quality suck. But I promise you, you're not the first person to tell us. Wayne and I are usually messaging each other right after we're, you know, sampling it or listening to it ourselves and going, man, that wasn't what we wanted it to be. So we're continuing to uh, desire a better product and we're going to continue to do that for you. But uh, we got a real fun episode for you. Absolutely. And speaking of following us and interacting with us on Facebook, you can find us at Recasted Podcast on Instagram at Recasted Pod. No, I'm sorry. Recasted Podcast 8 on Instagram because that's the weird one. And then Recasted Podcast on Twitter. And we also have a Facebook group. It's called All Things Movies. Anybody can join. Anybody can post anything they want. Uh, I do encourage people, if you have other podcasts and they're movie podcasts, you throw them up there. I like to listen to that stuff, too. Absolutely. And, you know, that's where we end up posting a lot of our coming soon or our pictures, you know, of our cast versus cast. So, um, you know, for anybody who may be visual more than, you know, someone who's audio or just wants that added layer um, to be able to, you know, get in depth with us, uh, the picture quality that Wayne's able to produce is really awesome. So please check those out on, you know, the All Things Movies on the Recasted page. And Wayne, I just got to touch on, you know, the Recasted 8. If I had to pick a number for us to be, eight would be it. The Ocho, you know, that's that's synonymous out there. You know, you don't know about ESPN six, but you know about ESPN the Ocho. Right. I definitely like eight. I think that's comfortable. I think we did ten when we did any given Sunday, but eight is definitely a comfortable number. You usually end up with one or two almost throwaway parts where you're just like, yeah, hey, we can cast anybody, and we just throw some of our favorite actors or comedians in those roles, um, as long as they fit. You mentioned it. I do like to put the cast side by side and have people vote on whose cast they like better. And one of the things that you and I discussed after the last episode was it does take a really long time for those casts to come out when we're doing one person at a time. And the other thing is because we build our cast around a certain dynamic that the cast has to flow together, you don't get to see that when it's one at a time. So I think going forward, we're just going to post the full casts and let people go from there. Yeah, I think getting that full spectrum, it's really something that you know our fans can really devour at once and they can they really have a better idea and a better chance to inspect what type of film we were trying to present to them you know we're not trying to change the entire movie per se you know like again this week we're doing goodfellas we're not trying to change the entire movie but we're trying to present to you two different casts and i think when you see the full spectrum it's much easier to follow along and to get what we're coming from when you see the full thing as opposed to one and then the other um but i totally see what you were trying to get at wayne now, before we get into the recasting, we do like to talk about movie news, a little bit of things that are going on. And we've been watching Loki. I think we're five episodes in now. And we've been refraining from spoilers. We're going to continue to because we're respectful moviegoers. But I am curious to get your take on this. So I've heard people saying that this is the best Marvel series. I still think Falcon the Winter Soldier was better. Uh, I think the reason that people say that is because of, um, you know, again, non-spoiler, what we've seen and what we're hopeful to see and how it ties into the remainder of the big picture in Marvel. I think that what we saw from Falcon and the Winter Soldier was it certainly had some powerful messages and it moved along one character 
you know, that being Falcon into the, the winters, into the new Captain America role. But as a whole, I think WandaVision and this Loki show are going to have a larger impact on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I think that's why people maybe have these shows ranked a bit higher. Um, whereas, again, I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier had a great message. I think it was very powerful and a lot of notes that they hit. But it probably had less impact on the timeline itself. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned timeline because the one quasi-spoiler, I mean, by this point, if you look at the plot, you know that this involves the timeline, that this involves multiverses. And we also know that Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is coming out. That's this, the sh- this series is going to tie into it, and it's going to tie into all this. Things. Spider-Man's supposed to have a, a Spider-Verse in it. And- Ant- Ant-Man, and the Wa- Ant-Man and the Wasp is uh, Quantumania. Yep, so we're going to see more of those- some time aspects. I mean, they use you know ant-man's van to get into you know endgame uh it was pretty vital so yeah i think those three movies are going to be all intertwined with these shows and what i gotta say is i know that the first four phases really built towards that showdown with thanos and the infinity war which was amazing epic paid off great paid off it was so worth it when they started this new phase without captain america without iron man right I was very skeptical. I was like, I don't know what they can do to intrigue me. I mean, who are you going to come up with for a villain? Galactus? Like, I don't know who you're going to bring up that's going to be Thanos-esque. And it seems like this new phase is going to be centered around these multiverses. And I am all excited about that. Absolutely. I mean, it's still very interesting to me. And, um, you know, this series has been one of the best yet. Um, I'm very excited to see how it finishes off because unlike the others, it is just six episodes. Right. And then following this, we have What If, right? Which is going to be more multiverse type stuff. Right. And the Falcon and the Winter, or not Falcon and the Soldier, but the Hawkeye series, I believe, is going to uh, come out after that. But yeah, Marvel is going to start hitting, um, you know, much more regularly now. Um, so it's, it's really amazing to be right back in the thick of things with Marvel. Um, Black Widow just came out, I believe, on Thursday or Friday and um, broke a specific record um, through the pandemic where they said, hey, since this time a year ago we haven't seen this type of you know marvel release or movie release in the box office so i think um you know things are starting to get back in the swing of it i myself admittedly have not seen black widow yet um that's one of the ones that i think i may go see in the theater um uh, especially considering i don't want to pay the 30 extra dollars to watch it on on my home tv i'd rather go get that theater experience and i think that's the same way i feel about shang chi as well i mean that one shang chi and the ten rings that looks like a 3d movie I'm going to say, so Black Widow, I'm quasi-interested in. I was doubtful, even watching the previews, doubtful. I've seen a lot of good reviews come out, but just how Marvel continues to hit home run after home run after home run, and everyone goes a little bit farther, 500-foot bomb, 550. I mean, they're crushing it. So I'm sure Black Widow's great. I had never heard of Shang-Chi, but when I saw the trailer, oh my goodness, was I all in on that movie. Oh, yeah. That one's got me probably the most intrigued, and... I like what Marvel does when they take people who are complete unknowns to me and, and they make me buy in. And I think that's what I'm doing with Shang-Chi. Um, I'm also excited, you know, they've got a name more casted, you know, the next, you know, like you mentioned, the next Doctor Strange movie. So uh, Marvel is obviously a huge passion for the both of us. That's not all that we touch on, but, you know, that that's a, a huge fanship for us. And so we're going to continue to update people on what they're doing because they continue to put out gold. And I will say this, people who don't know or who didn't listen to the early episodes, this podcast came about because of the movie Endgame. Uh, I had seen the movie Endgame and, I mean, fell in love with it like I had never fallen in love with a movie at first sight before. 
And I started listening to every podcast that existed that touched on the movie Endgame. And uh, the Mac and Goo podcast, which we both listened to, did a recasting where they said, if this movie was made in 1995, who would have played all the parts? And that's where I got this idea. I was like, well, let's do that, but let's do it now. Like old movies, but recast it now. Yeah, I, I saw, I listened to that. It was very intriguing. And then beyond that, you know, I think we've all been on Facebook or whatever social media, you know, we've, we've been on and we've seen there's memes or posts that show different movies if they were made in the 70s, 80s, or 90s. So I think seeing those different examples, that really started to kind of get our gears turning. And it's been such a fun ride so far. And this is probably not, you know, some of the movies we've done so far have been near and dear to one of our hearts, one or the other. And then some of them were like, oh, let's go for things that we think will be, you know, real nostalgic for people. I think this may be the movie that we do that is ranked the highest among moviegoers. So I'm, I'm super psyched for, for this movie. Yeah, I'm excited to do it, too. I hadn't seen it in a while, and I'll get into that when we get into the recasting. The one other bit of news that I wanted to go over first was I did see The Tomorrow War, and I know that we talked about it a little bit before we started recording. You asked me how I thought of it, and I will tell you this. And that's a thumbs down I'm giving with the raspberry. It is not good. Uh, one of the things I don't like about it, it reminds me of Independence Day with Will Smith, the first one. But I liked Independence Day because it knew that it was a joke, kind of. And I feel like the Tomorrow War takes itself too seriously. Like they're treating it like it's a serious movie, but it's a ridiculous concept. Yeah, I think I'm just honestly, and, and it's not his fault, I guess, but there are just certain actors that I'm just a little oversaturated on right now. And I think I just need to give them a little bit of a break. And Chris Pratt is that for me. I think him and Kevin Hart, I'm oversaturated on the both of them. I just need to give them both a little bit of a break. I've seen Chris Pratt in just about too much. And this didn't intrigue me at all. I've heard plenty of doo-doo reviews elsewhere online and hearing somebody who I've known over a decade, over 15 years in you, tell me that it's something that you've seen and it's not something you recommend. I'm not going to see it even when it's free. <laughs> I mean, it's always worth a watch. And that's my thing is I wouldn't have watched it if my aunt wasn't watching it when I went visited down in Connecticut. She had it on. So I was like, all right, I'll sit down and watch this. And I kept staring at the screen saying i can't believe i'm sitting here watching this but i had to make it through the end it was just one of those stubborn things i had to make it to the end are you just a super harsh critic wayne i mean what did you what did your aunt think of it she thought it was okay but i wouldn't put her on a pedestal of movie reviews um, i am a harsh critic but i'm also so I, i'll say are a movie's good are you, are you a fair critic i think i'm fair because i have two barometers did i like it and was it good and I say this all the time. My favorite movie of all time is Major League. I don't think Major League is one of the top 100 movies ever made. All right. But it's my favorite ever made. I like it a lot. Whereas a movie like Schindler's List is a phenomenal piece of art. I'm never going to watch it again. I watched it once. I was going to say, it, it's crazy that you brought that up because in my head, I was like, as soon as he stops talking, I want to bring up when he meant when I saw him online uh, get. Uh, he was in dialogue with someone on Twitter regarding rewatchable movies. Mm -hmm. And someone asked, you know, is there a movie that you'd recommend to somebody that you don't think is rewatchable? I think that was the gist of it. Or, or there was something about it being rewatchable. And you said, you know, there are good movies that aren't rewatchable. And you used Schindler's List as your example. Yeah, exactly. Because they had asked, is rewatchability a factor when you're grading a movie? And I said, no. It's a factor in whether I make it a favorite. But if I'm grading a movie, it's a one-time viewing. It gets the rating. Um, right. And then multiple viewings is just rewatchability. 
And so, like I said, Schindler's List is one of those movies that's absolutely phenomenal, but it's not rewatchable. Nobody's gathering their buddies together, ordering a pizza and watching Schindler's List. <laughs> yeah, let's see this every Friday. <laughs> hey, it's Schindler's List Friday, everybody. <laughs> um, that said, I mean, that's all I really got. We can jump right into this film. Are you ready to start recasting? I'm ready to rock and roll, man. All right, let's do it. Today we are recasting the 1990 Martin Scorsese film Goodfellas. The movie is two minutes or two hours and 28 minutes long. Prior to this movie, Martin Scorsese had directed Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, The Color of Money, uh, Best Supporting Actor Joe Pesci for this movie. You're the one that recommended it, so I'll let you kick things off. Of did you like this movie? Uh, I love the movie, Wayne. Um, you know, it's something, um, you know, like A Time to Kill, this is one that, you know, I think I watched with my parents, and it's one that just stuck with me. I think the performance has stuck with me. Um, you know, it covered a large span for all these guys, um, and, you know, I've seen them, these main actors in a lot of things after it, but this is probably my favorite thing from, you know, Leota Pesci and uh, De Niro, um, and uh, Scorsese's a De Niro guy, huh? A big time De Niro guy. <laughs> Between Raging Bull and Taxi Driver, now this, um, you know, and, and you know, we know this isn't the last time we see them work together. Um, but love the movie, um, you know, just love the story it tells, um, and, and it gets real gritty. Um, and uh, you know, I, I love to see those types of things um, because I'm certainly far from that. I'm, I enjoy. I'm, I'm doughy. <laughs> Uh, I enjoyed the movie a lot as well. Uh, maybe not as much as you. I did enjoy it. We talk about rewatchability. This has a lower rewatchability for me. Uh, it is rewatchable, so you can watch it, but you have to have a certain amount of time in between. It's not something you can watch three times in a week because it's it's very tough. Like you said, gritty. Maybe that's it. It's, it's a tough movie to watch. Um, it is two hours and 28 minutes. The last 28 minutes I could have done without, and I know that that brought the film to a conclusion, and we get to know what happens with Henry Hill. But really, the first two hours is where it's at. In particular, the the opening scene is when they're spoilers. Everybody, if you haven't seen Goodfellas, it's thirty years old. Uh, the, <laughs> if you haven't seen this movie, pause, watch the movie, right. come back. You'll enjoy this so much more. In the opening scene, obviously, it's the trunk. They hear the noise in the trunk, and they start killing Billy Bats. And then later, when you see what happened to lead up to that, that's from that point on is when, I, to me, it started to kind of slow down a little bit. Yeah, it goes full circle. I mean, it's some parts may seem unnecessary, but, you know, long movies and Scorsese, that's what they do. Um, I think, you know, it it hits, you know, on a lot of things. And, you know, I like how, you know, it starts off with that trunk scene and then really just tells us all about it and then the ramifications of that. Um, so um, I was super excited to cast this and um, – you always cast these so fast, and I'm always excited to see who you come up with because I struggle with these. You know, I, I I put a lot of thought into these, and I, you know, because I grew up, you know, really um, getting a connection with them with my mom. I kind of I, I work with her on them, and you're always like, I'm done, and I'm like, oh man. <laughs> well, I did my usual twenty list, and I narrow it down. And the thing that made this one difficult was 
I wanted to use every single actor I casted. I wanted to have some sort of Italian heritage uh, dating back to their grandparents or their parents or whoever it was. I didn't want to just do non-Italians. Uh, and the thing that's difficult is if you type in Italian actor on Google, you get De Niro, Pesci, Pacino, and they're all or, like 90 or, years or old. You, or you get a lot of guys that have a lot of um, strictly Italian stuff on their resume, like they were in Italian soap operas or Italian movies, stuff that the real folks would uh, – I googled the same stuff, my man. So I mean, I tried to to you know fit that bill as best I could as well. Um, but you know, you, at some point, I think I just went with you know, can they fit the look? Can they fit the mold? Um, do they have this type of um, character on their resume? And that's where I took it. Yeah, I agree. And I think I've mentioned before when we recast these movies that my big thing is. Can this actor encapsulate the spirit of the character, uh, regardless of what they look like? I mean, if you've got a tall, skinny guy and you want to cast a short, fat guy, that's fine. But can that short, fat guy really play this part as well or ideally better than the original? Um, I don't know if you want to kick things off with Henry Hill or if you want me to. It's up to you. You go ahead, Wayne. I'm excited to okay. see where you start off. All right. Well, Henry Hill was originally played by Ray Liotta in this film. He was 36 years old when he did this role, even though in his earlier years, he's supposed to be 21 because they mentioned it in the movie. Like, oh, this guy's 21. He has all kinds of money. Yeah. Like, he doesn't look 21. <laughs> but, not, not believable. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, so he's 36 when he takes on this role. He had mainly done a lot of TV. The one thing that people would have known him from was Field of Dreams. He was Shoeless Joe Jackson. And that was kind of his breakout role, and that got him into this. Plus, he's an Italian actor, right? So, you know, you need an Italian actor for Henry Hill. Uh, even though I think Henry Hill was only half Sicilian, he was half Irish, right? That was the Hill name. Uh, I was thinking tall and skinny is what I put, even though I said that appearances don't matter. And I said somebody who's confident. He has a very confidence about him. And somebody serious. Uh, Henry Hill's not a bucket of laughs. Like, Henry Hill was kind of like the serious guy in this one. I went with an actor, and I don't think you're going to like this choice, but I really went through and watched a lot of video clips because I had narrowed this character down to a couple of actors, and it was the video clips of some of their more recent stuff that I really feel they could pull off Henry Hill, really encapsulate the character, and that's Hayden Christensen, who is uh, from Star Wars. Anakin Skywalker from Star Wars, which was not a great role for him. Uh, Jumper, which was actually pretty entertaining. Uh, Vanishing on the Seventh or Vanishing on Seventh Street is one that I watched a little bit, and The Last Man, which was a bad movie, but he was actually pretty decent in it. And so I watched those clips, and I said, you know what? I think Hayden Christensen can play this role. He looks the part, and I think I've seen him do enough dramatic roles that you know I think he could pull it off. And I'm actually going to pull up a picture here, which nobody else can see on radio, but this is what I ended up coming up with for my lookalike pictures. I like that. Um, you know, I think what I like about that, Wayne, is, you know, like you mentioned, Ray Liotta didn't have a huge presence prior to, um, you know, you know, doing this role. You know, he had some TV stuff and some smaller stuff, but he wasn't huge. Um, it looks like you took that approach when you went with Hayden Christensen, someone who I can't really recall since, you know, Jumper. Obviously, I remember him as, you know, the Anakin Skywalker um, in probably, you know, the worst trilogy of the Star Wars, you know, franchise yet. Um, you know, he's not the worst aspect of that trilogy, though. That's still, you know, that crown can still be comfortably worn by Jar Jar Banks. Um, but uh, yeah, I think looking at him now, because he is rumored to be on the Obi Wan series that Star Wars and Disney is going to put out eventually, I've seen some pictures of him, and I can see that 
he has that look about him. I think he's got that deep, um, you know, like eye area that the the cheek look. I think he's got that Leota look to him, where I think he could certainly pull off having you know that Italian heritage look. Um, you know, it was hard for me to find you know exactly what I wanted online too, so I could see where you know you found somebody who really fits the bill there. Um, and uh, you know, not the best resume, not something that I've seen most recently, but I think he got a really good fit there. I'm excited to see how you know you go with the next two because, as we know, it's those first three or four that they really make this movie. Um, especially these three guys in particular. Um, so my so my guy, I went with a bit of a, a bit of a bigger name. Um, and uh, you know, last movie, um, I took um, some criticism because I, you know, didn't um, I didn't really present my movie poster um, as well as I should have. I didn't really, you know, I didn't really draw as well as I should have. And so my Henry Hill, um, I want to touch on Ray Liotta had a scar in the movie. Um, but the real Henry Hill didn't have a scar, but I still put that older cause you touched on it. He looked older. He looked weathered to me. That's, that's a word I use cause I think it sounds nicer, but it's probably not. Um, but he looked weathered. And so somebody who I thought could have that confident weathered mafia mob looking look to me and, and be my star. Cause it's, it's really him who narrates or, or stars in this movie, even though there's other people, like you said, Pessy won best supporting actor. Um, I went with Tom Hardy. That's going to be my Henry Hill. Um, I think he's got that look, um, you know, between Bane and some of the other, you know, roles that I've seen him in. I think he can certainly carry himself the way that he'd need to. I think he'd be that right age. Um, he certainly is confident. And I just, I think he's a wonderful actor. So I, besides having a bigger name than Ray did when he did this film, I think he'd be a great fit to start out this film for me. I agree. I, I think we both know I'm a huge Tom Hardy fan. I casted him as Jake Taylor, right, in our Major League remake. Uh, I, I love Tom Hardy. Like you said, anything he does, he crushes. Uh, he puts on weight. He gets skinny. He does whatever he has to do. He, he played he played a twin brother in, in one of his films, and I thought that was one of his best roles. Right. So he's, he's really, really, really good, and I think that he would be excellent in this role. Like you said, it's about the big three, so we'll see when we get to like that third. You know, we got Henry, we got Jimmy, and then we got Tommy. Tommy. And we'll see how these three really mesh. But obviously, I think that's a fantastic choice as well. And you talked about the movie poster. It gives you that big name on the movie poster. Yeah, I'm going to draw with these big three. Um, and I think you're going to be excited about this big three. Um, and, um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and start off with our next one. And that's Jimmy. And this one is the one um, that I told you just before we started recording that I had a change of heart um, per se in one of my roles and that ended up having a bit of a domino effect. So this is the role that it had a domino effect on. And so this one, um, I'm going to tell you my almost later on, um, but this character, um, this is De Niro's character. Mm-hmm. This is someone who, if you've, you obviously watched the film recently and for anybody who maybe hasn't watched it recently, De Niro has that Italian look and we know he's, he's he's very Italian, but his character in the movie is the only one who is not Italian. He's, he's the one of the three who, who could not be made. Um, cause he's, cause he's not full blooded. Um, so, um, I went with somebody who probably looks the most Italian. Um, but I needed somebody who looks a little bit older than my other two characters, my, my Henry and my Tommy. Um, and so I went with John Bernthal, you know, know him from the Punisher, know him from walking dead He's got that rugged look. He's going to be a little bit older than the other two. 
I think in those clips where they start out the film, um, you know, you can see him kind of being a little bit older, but then being amongst those two. Um, but I've got John Bernthal, um, gritty looking guy. If you haven't seen Punisher, that was a Netflix Marvel series. Um, probably my favorite thing that I've seen him in. He's been in many other things, um, but uh, was fantastic in that. Just a super gritty New York guy. No, I know who he is. I had him on my short list or long list, however you want to look at my list. Um, up long and gets shorter. That's right. So he was on the list as well. And I'm glad you brought up the the little bit older than Tommy, a little bit older than um, Henry, because I do have here in my notes, he's kind of a father figure type to both of them. Um, he oversees them. He's very smooth. He's very suave, right? Even when we see those opening scenes, he's got the hair slicked back. He's handing out $100 bills to everybody. He's just a total charisma, right? And yet he's everyone respects him because, like they mentioned in the film, he's like the number one hitman ever. He went to jail when he's like 11 or something. You know, he's been, uh, he's somebody that you fear. Like you don't yes. want to be on Jimmy's bad side. In fact, when that whole uh, airport heist goes down, he just starts offing everybody that you know, had knew about it except for Henry. <laughs> right. So it's uh, he's, he's a bad, bad guy, but he's very smooth and he is that father figure type. So I did want somebody a little bit older myself. Um, so this is where I tossed and turned on this, and we'll go over my almost recasted later as well, but I wanted a big name. I have Hayden Christensen, obviously on this poster to the left, but the guy in the center is De Niro. And just like in this movie, De Niro was the most decorated actor. He had, won awards he'd been in dare hunter he had been in raging bull he'd been in taxi driver so that he was the draw on the poster even more than pesci which is why he's front and center so who is my front and center guy gonna be and had to be again somebody with italian background and i went with leonardo dicaprio as jimmy conway i think that leo has that smooth suave look about him and we've all seen him play those very intense characters he could be intense i can see people respecting leo as he goes in there and drops hundreds and everybody and being afraid of him i can see leo choking somebody with a phone cord for just like talking trash so to me leonardo dicaprio was the absolute perfect role for my jimmy after having cast uh, christensen as my uh, henry i love it he was definitely on my short short list um, you know, very few guys, I think, have the resume that Leo has, you know, from a kid to, to now. And he's certainly done his fair share of Italian roles. Um, you know, he's got that name to boot. So, I mean, I think that he would do well, um, especially, you know, being Hayden Sr., um, you know, which I think we both have touched on. It's, it's real necessary um, to be believable that he is more grown than the other two um, to start and then throughout. Um, and so, um, you know, our two guys aren't, you know, too old looking, but they are, they do have to have that reasonable gap between him and the other two. Um, so I think he did a great job. Um, and, uh, you know, really excited to see who your Tommy is. That's right. We got to round out the, the trio here and the trifecta. Tommy was a, a tough one as well to cast because a fiery guy, <laughs> super fiery. But we talk about roles and actors. We talked about Tom Cruise being so hard to recast because of the energy that he brings to a role. Right. Joe Pesci is as difficult to recast as any actor there is, you know, and at the time that he did this role, he hadn't done, you know, my cousin Vinny. He hadn't done a lot of stuff actually going into this role. He had done Raging Bull with Robert De Niro and Scorsese. He was in Moonwalker with Michael Jackson, and he was in Lethal Weapon 2 as Leo Getz, which is one of my favorite characters of all time. And it was prior, um, to, prior to the Home Alones. Prior to, prior to Home Alone, yep. said, yeah. And so this is kind of like his role. He wins Best Supporting Actor, crushes it. Now, I put here for 
characteristics. He needs to be cocky, arrogant as well, but more uh, demonstrative in how he acts. Um, he is somebody who is intimidating. He's scary. He's a psycho, right? You don't want to, because he'll kill you just for laughing at him, right? You want right. to be very careful. Funny how. Right. Like funny how. Or even <laughs> shooting Spider there just for because Spider was like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he was a kid, you know, so, but Tommy didn't care. And I think even Pauly tells Henry that at one point, he's like, you got to stop hanging out with Jimmy and Tommy because they're going to drag you down. Like, right. Tommy's a psycho, you know? Um, but Tommy is the one who can be made, right? He's the guy who's fully Italian and he gets made at the end. And I wanted somebody who really, really encapsulated that. Who, when you look at him, you would say, "Man, this guy is tough. He's scary." And I went with a Sopranos actor. I went with William DeMaio, uh, who is every bit. He looks like Pesci. He's got the same characteristics. If you watch The Sopranos, he's very a lot of energy. He looks like somebody you don't want to piss off. He looks scary, like you don't want to intimidate him. So that was kind of my big three. I got William DeMaio as Tommy, and then of course I've got DiCaprio and Hayden Christensen. Love that trio there. Uh- all, not even a full season in the Sopranos yet. I've kind of dragged my feet on that, admittedly. So I have to see more of it. But just based on the looks alone, the guy has that, you know, look about him. He's very, let me tell you about it. Uh, so um, he, he looks like a great fit there just based on looks alone. And, you know, that's where I put a lot of weight in these picks. Um, so I like that big three. Um, I think, you know, Leo obviously is, is you know, the the anchor of that three. And like you said, he's he's center of that poster. Um, and for, for my third, my Joe Pesci, um, this is the one that I changed most recently. And this one ended up having that domino effect. So this one, um, I had, I was set on somebody for, you know, a few days now. Um, and, uh, then boom, I was like, you know, what? I need somebody that just fits this better. And, um, I, like you said, it's very hard to encapsulate, you know, Joe Pesci's, his energy and his, his, his voice, his character. Um, but I went with a guy that I don't know how Italian he's going to look, but um, I think he can pull it off. And that is Jonah Hill. I think looking at his Wolf of Wall Street character, looking at war dogs, you know, you can combine those two and come up with, you know, a, a very good Joe Pesci remake here. And I think, you know, he's a very decorated actor, Jonah Hill. I think he's get he's come a long, long way from super bad. Um, and I think that he can definitely pull it off. Um, and you know, size wise, he is much more closer to the person I originally had here. All right. I love, love, love this pick of Jonah Hill. Love it. I mean, because Jonah Hill and I was having this conversation today, I was playing golf with some friends and we were talking about actors. Jonah Hill is another guy who just crushes it every role. I mean, absolutely crushes it, whether it's Moneyball, war dogs, Whatever it is, he is absolutely tremendous. And in the same way that Pesci was known, but this movie really put him on the map, winning Best Supporting Actor. I think out of your three, I think that Jonah Hill steals this movie as the star of it, just like Joe Pesci did. Yeah, I I think Bernthal has some stuff that he's done on TV, and he's, of course, been on movies, but he is that guy that looks a little bit older, and I felt like he's the guy I ended up having the domino effect on, and he looks he's believable to be older than both hardy and jonah hill um and those two are you know gritty guys so i think you know my trio and your trio very well presented so far i'm excited with the direction of both these but um i i appreciate the early praise you know of my my three i think it's very important with this movie yeah i'm very very excited about the because i didn't have jonah hill on my list for whatever reason oh because i was trying to stick it with italians so yeah. I didn't, he didn't make my list 
but he's he's phenomenal. I think that's a great great choice. Yeah, I, I tried. It was very tough, but I just you know I it was like I said as of about a half hour ago. Now I was just thinking about it and um and you know and speaking to my girlfriend and then she I was looking online. I get what about this guy? And she goes, yeah, yeah. Between Wolf of Wall Street and War Dogs, she goes, I can really believe that he could pull that off. And then I pulled up a picture online. I went ahead and uh, googled uh, Jonah Hill suit. And oh man, I can't wait to send you that picture, but it looks mint. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Um, what about Karen? Because now we have to have Henry's got to have a wife, right? He, he does, yeah. And in the movie, they they try and pull her up. I, I think they they Scorsese's a little screwed up with his ages because you know Karen doesn't look like she's. Um, they try and pull her off as like what in her her twenties. Yeah, I think so. And she's thirty six too. But but she's got several kids too, so it's like. Um, but I. I went a little, a little less big with this one because um, I think that was necessary. Um, and uh, for my Karen, you know, Karen, you know, has the gun to his head, <laughs> um, you know, the, the gun to Henry's head uh, at one point. Um, but she is um, really learning a lot about this life that Henry's in um, as the movie goes on. And so it's fun to see her take on it as well. Um, but a little She's cute. Um, I wouldn't use the word wholesome like you used um, for A Time to Kill, but she's closer to that than certainly Sandy is. Um, and so for this role, I went with Allison Brie. I think she's pretty. I think that across from my Tom Hardy, um, she could really be um, someone who is um, his love interest, his, his wife. And so she is, I think, best known from being in Mad Men. Um, she's been in several other things as well, but she's very pretty. Um, and it fits that age profile. And I think that's really what was necessary. It didn't have to have the biggest name. No, exactly. I agree with you hundred uh, percent. I think that's a good casting. Like you said, you've got this cast now with Tom Hardy, who is a tremendous actor, Jonah Hill, who's a tremendous actor and with Bernthal, who's a very good actor, but you don't want to bring in that big name actress. Who's going to steal the show. Those three have to be the focus of the film. And so that's like, I have Leo. Nobody's going to upstage Leo. I don't care how good they are. Right. Um, but that's one of those things. So when you were casting this, that's a perfect, perfect choice because you don't want to put like whoever it is in there. I'm trying to think of like a big name that you could put in there, but you don't want somebody who's going to now the movie's about her and everyone forgets about your three main characters because it's really not. And so that's, I think, uh, a perfect, perfect. I think uh, someone fit. someone close to your heart that would have been a mistake for me is if I tried to put Anne Hathaway there. Yes. Um, then it would have been too, too big of a name and too big a personality um, to really fit with my other three and especially with Henry. I agree. Uh, I think, again, Allison Brie fits perfectly. Uh, the cast is coming together extremely well. I like it a lot. Uh, it is a good fellas that I would watch. Um, for my Karen, I actually had, you know, feisty was something I had because she's a little bit of a feisty, uh, you know, firecracker. Oh, yeah. Um, I had dark eyes, dark hair. You know, she's loud. She's independent. Um, she actually kind of likes the whole mafiosa thing. You know, she kind of likes that life. And so I was like, all right, well, who would really encapsulate this? And I went with an actress that we had discussed on uh, other shows as well. Very pretty. But again, the dark hair. And it is Alexandra Daddario, who I think would do a really great job here. Again, she's going to be playing off of Hayden Christensen. She's a little bit bigger than he is. I think she could steal the scenes from him. But I also think Lorraine Bracca stole the scenes from Ray Liotta at times. So I don't right. think that that's unreasonable. I don't think that she's so big that she steals it from Leo. Again, he's the main on every set he's on. So she's the one who I think really looks well. If those who don't know her, she was in Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, Baywatch, San Andreas, True Detective. Uh, she's got a pretty good resume, um, but I think that she definitely looks and 
feels uh, the part of Karen Hill. I love that pairing with Hayden Christensen. I like, like I think we both have hit on. We can't have too big of a personality or or a a woman. And I think we both went with somebody who is a good fit, um, and can um, you know fit the characteristics we need without bringing too much to that role. And you can't have someone who possesses too much or has too big of a, a an ego. Um, and there are just some actors that wouldn't have been good fits. You know, this wasn't exactly a throwaway. Um, so I like both those fits. Um, you know that we have, and I really think. Um, you know, Hayden, um, you know, with Dario would be a good match. You know, we, you think of them in a couple. I think that would look nice. Right. Um, see her yell at him and kind of be like, whoa. Yeah, absolutely. And her trying to fit in with the other kind of mafia women, you know, the, the mob wives. <laughs> All right. Um, am I up for Billy Bats? Yes, sir. All right. Well, Billy Bats, obviously, we mentioned it earlier. Great scene in the bar, right? Go home and get your fucking shine box. <laughs> That's such a good scene. That that scene is fantastic. That really, the whole movie, I think, is built around that scene. He was played by Frank Vincent, 53 years old at the time. When you look at Frank Vincent's resume, basically he was always playing the Italian guy in every show he was in. Yep. And um, he was not Raging Bull along you know, with Scorsese. He was uh, on a movie called Wise Guys, uh, Do the Right Thing as a Mafia guy. Um, but I wanted somebody older. Again, he's a made guy. He's been doing it for a little while. You know, Tommy's a little bit younger than him. He should be showing respect, even though he doesn't. And Billy's a little bit disrespectful to him. Somebody who's tough, who's not afraid of Tommy. Like, he doesn't give a crap about Tommy's craziness. Somebody who's intimidating in his own right. And I went with an actor who I had originally remember seeing in a movie called Out for Justice with Steven Seagal. Um, he had played Jimmy. Uh, he was a friend of Seagal's when he was younger. Kind of turns into a mafioso type. And then you may have seen him in uh, uh, Blue Streak. He was in The Rock. He was in Gone Baby Gone. And that is William Forsyth. Um, when you see him, you know him. You're like, oh, I know that guy. I see. He's always a supporting actor, but he looks intimidating. He looks like you don't want to mess with him. He looks like he would be a made guy. And he's going to be the guy that sets off my William DeMaio and sets off that whole skirmish in the bar. Yeah, it certainly looks like he should be respected. Yep. Um, and uh, so... For this role, I have uh, less of a, a I, I would say, TV movie presence, um, but I have someone who looks older than my Tommy, um, for sure, and also has that Italian look and name to him. And you're going to recognize the name for sure, and you're going to be familiar with his work. Um, his name is Joey Fatone, um, and he is one of the five NSYNC members. Um, but if you look at Joey Fatone now, um, and he's also done some other smaller roles, but you know, he's got a very Italian look to him. I mean, he's got a, a beard. I believe he was recently in uh, The Masked Singer um, as a participant, but a um, bit of a, a beard, a, a graying beard, um, heavier set. Um, certainly would look older next to my, my Jonah Hill. Um, and uh, I, I think, you know, it doesn't have to be a huge presence or a huge role. It just has to be somebody who has um, a, a an effect on what happens in the movie. No, I agree 100%. I think that it'd be interesting to see him in this role. And you know we've done enough of these that I like to give those unknowns every once in a while that that shot at showing themselves. I had Nick Jonas as Wild Thing, right, in the Major League. I yeah. like to see what people can do. Uh, I haven't seen Joey Fatone act, but again, this is two scenes in the movie, really two powerful scenes, but two scenes. And all he's got to really do is disrespect Jonah Hill, which I'm sure he can do. Yeah. Um, and then he's going to get stabbed and shot to death. So, um right. Yeah, I think that'd be an interesting trunk. 
Yeah, thrown in the trunk. I think that'd be an interesting uh, role for him and a, g- a really good role for him to kind of get a start is in a Martin Scorsese movie as uh, a character that really the entire movie is built around the scene that he's in. And then, you know, if he gets in that movie, Scorsese would cast him in a bunch of other Italian roles. So that's how it usually works. <laughs> uh, so after this one, uh, we had uh, Pauly, correct? Correct. Paul Cicero. So this is this is actually the one that I casted first. Um, this came the easiest to me. I know I probably should have been focused on those big three, um, but those are the ones that I struggled with the most, as you can tell. But um, you know, casting Polly um, really came easy to me. Um, you know, Polly is he is the big cheese. He's the Don. Um, he is you know the kiss my ring. He's the uh, the ultimate sign of respect and in some forms a lot of people know that as he's a kingpin and because of that i went with vincent d'onofrio who in the name itself is italian as it gets um and you know he recently played um marvel's kingpin in the daredevil series and uh you know just oozed intimidation respect uh class um and just had that very mob heavy i'm the dawn i'm the big cheese look about him and i'm not sure if there are many italian actors outside of the the main three that were in the original of this film um that carry the weight of vincent d'onofrio now i mean i i did not know originally that he was the roach guy in men in black mm-hmm. um and he's been in many other things i'm sure you have a slew of things you can mention but um, a really great actor, and if you haven't seen Daredevil on Netflix, I really, really recommend it. He plays Kingpin, and he absolutely crushes it. Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio can act as rear end off. I mean, he is fantastic. Most people would know him as Gomer Pyle from Full Metal Jacket, and uh, again, some of the newer people who listen to the podcast, if you've seen uh, the Jurassic World with Chris Pratt, the first one, he's the one that tries to get the Raptors out there for the military. Um, that gets his arm bitten off you know, in the uh, in the lab. So uh, he's really, really good. Everything I've seen him in, he like you said, he crushes it. He's fantastic. Uh, I can definitely see him in this role as Polly as the Don. Like you said, when we say Don. Obviously, he's the head of like that particular family, I'd say. But yep. he does mention at one point when Billy Batts is killed, he's like, hey, I'm getting a lot of heat for this. So he's not like the highest guy up, but he's... No, no, he's not the biggest of cheeses, but the biggest that we see on the screen at any point in time is Polly. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so, yeah, I like that casting for sure. Uh, looking at the role, some of the things I wanted to put down for this character was I have that he is imposing he's a figure he casts a shadow people stop when he's around you know and they pay their respects he's intimidating but there's something soft and approachable about polly like you can go and talk to him he's father-like very father-like grandfather-like even um you respect him not just because you're scared of him but you respect him because you just you like him you love him he's your grandfather figure so i thought of again an italian actor who i feel like encapsulates that he's a little bit older now we've seen him in some roles when he was younger where he may not fit this perfectly but based on his age now i think tony danza would be a a really good cast here i think that he's got that warmth about him but when you look at him he also has a little bit of a don't cross me about him as well maybe all italians have that i don't know i don't want to be racist or anything but that's kind of what he looks like (laughs) No, I think, you know, he certainly fits what's required. I think he, you know, from his, like you mentioned, from his younger years, I think people may think, you know, he does, he's probably too goofy or silly or cuddly, but 
I think looking at him now, if you're wearing a suit and we're walking around and had, I think he could carry himself the way that Polly had to. Um, I think that'd be a, a great, you know, potential Polly there. Um, so, I mean, I, I really like the the heavy hitters of your cast, those big three and Polly. I really love how they they intertwine. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I could see Tony Danza talking to, you know, a, a young Hayden. Yeah, so I mean, this is right, smoking a stogie and like, hey, yeah. what's going? On? Um, yeah. So then we got into the the last two roles that we have here, which uh, these aren't necessarily throwaway roles, but these are kind of the roles where we can have a little bit more fun. Uh, we don't have to feel as restricted to make it work because usually they're roles that don't have a lot of lines or their roles are insignificant. The right. first of which is, um, you know, uh, Frankie Carbone, you know, who to me, this was kind of like the bumbling idiot of the group. You know, <laughs> he's always the scene where uh, my, Pesci my mom, kills. My mom said it's the coat guy. I said, what do you mean? She goes, he bought a coat. He shouldn't have bought the coat. Right. <laughs> uh, and then he also is the guy that, you know, when they kill uh, Samuel L. Jackson, you know, Pesci's like, hey, make that coffee to go. And he's like, hey, that was a joke. Put the coffee down. <laughs> and he's just he's always kind of like bumbling around. So I was like, right. all right, well, we can get somebody here who is funny. Again, they don't have a whole lot of lines. They're not going to make any jokes, but you have to find it funny how bumbly they are and how they're just like stumbling over themselves everywhere they go. I went with uh, John Turturro's uh, brother, Nick Turturro who people might know from The Longest Yard. He was kind of the guy they tease about being gay. Um, he's been in Chuck and Larry. Uh, most people don't know that he's John Turturro's brother, but you just he broke is, the news to me. <laughs> yeah, right. So he is a guy that I think would be really good as this bumbly guy following around the other guys until he's eventually put in the meat locker. Now, John Turturro, he was like the servant in Mr. Deeds, and he's been Correct. in other <laughs> Just broke the news to me, Wayne. I didn't know they were related, <laughs> but it totally makes sense now. Uh, I think that'd be a great fit. I mean, I think the things that you mentioned, you know, they have to be able to um, be really kind of klutzy, um, make some dumb mistakes, um, be the person that they can kind of like poke and prod. Um, and um, I'm I'm going to say something, and, and I mean this in the nicest way possible. When my mom and I were talking about this, she goes, you know, Jesse, you probably don't even have to cast a super Italian guy for this because the guy that – Looks like he plays it. Looks um, like he, um, you know, maybe has some Jewish descent to him. He does um, kind of look like Eugene Levy. Yes, and so I went. Um, you know, I had, I had a couple of names in mind, but my guy, um, and this comes really from seeing him. I mean, knowing of his lineage, but then his most recent film. And I hope you've seen it, Uncut Gems. Mm-hmm. Adam Sandler is. <laughs> wow. I think, you know, that look he gives me in Uncut Gems, I think he could be um, that, you know, klutzy, um, you know, bumbly guy. And I think he could play it off well. I think it's a huge name. Um, but when you think about what has Sandler done in the last decade that has really gotten good reviews, Uncut Gems, and that's it. Outside of that, his Netflix stuff has really not gotten good reviews. So I think why not play uh, a role in, you know, a, a new remake of Goodfellas and get you, you know, get yourself back in good graces. I agree that he fits this role. Fantastic. And Adam Sandler can act as, as good as anybody. He's a very good actor. And I think that he would play this role. Fantastic. I think he would definitely, I think he'd definitely do a great job. I think my only concern with Sandler is it's like putting a three hitter in the eight hole. Right. So we talked about scene stealing and there's some of these scenes where Adam Sandler's a scene stealer. Like you can't yeah. help but focus on him in the role. I can picture him kind of being the focus of a scene when he's supposed to be the guy who's like in the background of the scene. 
luckily he's not in the movie, you know, for the entire thing. Um, and maybe my almost would have been a better fit, but you know, I, I liked this one just based on that uncut gems look. Um, you know, I thought that he had that greasy, um, kind of like bumbly stuttering kind of look and personality to him, but he was also overconfident. Yep. No, I think, Going out and getting his, getting his lady a car and him a jacket when he shouldn't have. It was just a stupid, stupid, stupid. Well, it was a different guy that got the pink Corvette. That was a different guy. Oh, um, okay. Okay. I, th- I thought it was the same mistake for him. But no, I, I like the cat. I think Adam Sandler absolutely crushes this role. I only worry if he'd be too big in some of the scenes. I, I do get the, I think it was a great reference by you, the three, you know, three hitter in the eight. Um, <laughs> so is, is on me to go ahead and, and uh, finish us off with Sandy. Absolutely. All right, so Sandy, um, one of Henry's mistresses here, the uh, the the Coke uh, trip uh, mistress here. Um, she is um, someone who is, uh, I mean, I found her to be attractive, but you know, she's got to be um, someone who Henry, you know, has a getaway with. Um, you know, so our last role here, I went with someone who you're going to be familiar with because you just finished a series that I know I recommended to you, or at least you know was in part of that recommendation. Um, she's in Friday Night Lights. She is Minka Kelly. I think she um, could be someone that Tom Hardy goes and has a fun trip with and has all kinds of nose beers. So that's Minka Kelly who played, uh, you know, Lila Garrity on Friday Night Lights. Um, you know, brunette, very attractive, um, and uh, someone who I think uh, could be wild. I agree. I think she meets all the physical requirements of the role, which was, as you mentioned, she needs to be attractive. Uh, Debbie Mazur, who originally played the role prior to this, had been a backup dancer for Madonna. And that was about it. Yeah. Um, so she is attractive. She's somebody that turns Henry's head a little bit. Uh, she also has to come across, I think, as a little bit slutty. I mean, she's best friends with Henry's mistress. You know, um, she has to come across as a little bit. I don't know, like a coke head, I guess. Minka Kelly to me almost seems a little too wholesome. I mean, maybe she could pull it off. I'd have to see her in something else because Lila Gillardy was super wholesome. She sleeps, with, she sleeps with Tim Riggins in the first couple episodes, Wayne. Yeah, How but she's that? you know she's got that wholesome image about her. You know, what I mean, like she encapsulates a wholesome person, no matter how many people she sleeps with. She doesn't come across as a coke whore to me. You know, um, I'm beautiful. She's beautiful, and I think that she'd turn anybody's head. Um, I went with somebody actually who is pretty as well, but has played a little bit more of a darker person in uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, she was also in, she's in the star of Jessica Jones, the other Marvel movie, and that is Kristen Ritter. I think that she kind of fits that role where she could, you know, be wearing like that red lacy slinky dress and cutting up the cocaine and, you know, lure Henry. And I think that she's kind of, again, she looks a little bit more, I hate trashing on these people, but she did look a little sluttier than, you know, some of the other roles. No, I mean, it, it comes down to a comparison. And I mean, you, you know, in this instance, I think, you know, we're comparing Karen to her. And I mean, Karen ends up being a little bit more wholesome than what our Sandy role is. And, um, you know, Ritter was in, you know, like you said, Jessica Jones. And in that role, she's the, the Netflix series for Marvel. They do get a little bit more gritty, a little bit more dirty. And then, you know, she does end up getting down with Luke Cage and, you know, we see her get, you know, have, have a few romps. And so I believe that's that's definitely believable. Um, so from start to finish, I really enjoy your cast. And I think that that's a film that I'd certainly pay to see right now. Um, I think this is one of those films that 30 years later, it'd be fun to see what Hollywood would do to kind of try and bring that star power in this movie back to life. 
No, I agree. I think that both of our casts are really, really good. I think people are going to have a hard time deciding which one they like better. Um, they should actually make both Goodfellas movies, and we can watch them both and and see how they play out. Um, you know, we talked about being interested in seeing who we casted the roles. This is probably the most interested I've been in doing almost recasting. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm curious I've, to see who you had. So I've, I've got a few um, for my top four. Um, um, and um, so my Henry... Um, if it wasn't going to be Tom Hardy, it was going to be Oscar Isaac. Um, the reason I didn't go with Oscar Isaac is I think he presented himself a little too old, older than Leota already presents himself as Henry Hill. Um, but I think that Oscar Isaac is a great actor. Um, you know, we know he's going to be in Moon Knight. We know that he was in Star Wars and, and in several other things. But I think he's got that look that would have been really good. Um, and I also thought about him as my, my De Niro reprisal. Um, but I just think that he's got that bit of a, and I hate to use this term, but I continue to, he's got a bit of a weathered face. And so I think Oscar Isaac would have done well as Henry. And that was really my only potential almost there. Yeah, I think that he would have done really well as well. I do like Tom Hardy. I'm always going to like Tom Hardy in any role that he's in. Um, but I do see what you're saying. Oscar Isaac definitely has more of that Leota kind of look to him um, than Hardy does. But maybe Hardy's a little bit better of the actor between the two. Yeah, and I just think, you know, like we mentioned several times, it really comes down to the meshing of those three. And I just, I kept looking at Oscar Isaac and looking at the other guys and just thinking, no, I mean, he looks older than the other two. And that's that's not the dynamic that I need to have. And so there's a lot of moving parts among there. Um, you know, my next one was uh, Jimmy, so my De Niro. And the one that I most recently changed him from, and that was just prior to us recording, um, my Jimmy um, was going to be John Krasinski. Um, well, yeah, so that's different. Um, the reason I didn't is both my mom and my girlfriend immediately said the guy from the office. And I said, well, yeah, like 10 years ago, but I said, you know, more recently, you know, he did a quiet place. He did the uh, war themed movie. I think it was 12 hours. Um, so he's been in some other things where he's got the full beard. He looks older. He looks grittier. And I think that he could have, uh, you know, looked the part. Um, and again, you know, really hard to find full-blooded Italians or Italian-looking folks um, that carry any of the weight that these other guys do. So I thought John Krasinski would have fit the bill. Um, but the reason I didn't end up going with him for my full cast was because I just was too nervous that people would have seen his face or seen his name and immediately thought, you mean the funny prankster from The Office? And so yeah. I, I thought that would have been hard for him to kind of then step into De Niro's shoes. I'm glad you didn't go that route uh, because I do don't think that he fits the the mold of the Jimmy character because John Krasinski is not just the office, but you look at every role he's in, whether it's 13 hours or whether it's Jack Ryan, right? There is a positive light that surrounds John Krasinski. You know what I mean? Like when they talked about him being Captain America, I thought perfect. That is the perfect role for him because he has that wholesome lightness about him jimmy doesn't have that jimmy is definitely sleazy and i think it not that john krasinski is not a great actor and couldn't pull it off but i think i'd have a hard time seeing his face and picturing him as a sleazy hitman yeah um my other uh, potential there um for uh jimmy was uh tom welling um originally played um clark kent in smallville um and he's been in some other things but i thought he had you know, the look as well, but he was just a moving part until I came up with my final three. Okay. Yeah. I um, had, uh... Oh, good. Sorry. Just uh, so 
uh, my Tommy before I came up with Jonah Hill um, was John Bernthal. Um, you know, I just thought he didn't have, you know, the correct physique. I thought he had the look and the intimidation um, and the um, the ability to pop off like we see Joe Pesci do. But I just think looks wise um, wasn't really going to be too believable. So I thought Jonah Hill was a better fit as my, my new Joe Pesci. Yeah, I think Jonah Hill's as good as you can get in that particular role. Um, yeah, for me, I mean, my Henry Hill was almost Leo. I, I thought of putting Leo as Henry Hill. But I just thought he was a better fit. And that's why I kept going back and forth because I really wanted to use Hayden as Hill and have Leo as uh, J- Jimmy. But then I was like, I don't know if it works. And I kept going back and forth. Eventually, that's what I decided to do. I also had Matthew Daddario as Henry Hill. But then I was like, well, then he's going to be like kissing his sister, which is kind of weird. So let's <laughs> let's not do that. <laughs> um, and so I settled with what I had there with Jimmy. The two names I had, David Boreanaz was the first name that came up as Jimmy. Where would uh, I know him from? He was in uh, Angel. Uh, he was from the Buffy series. He was the spinoff Angel. He was in Bones. He's like the, okay. the star of Bones. Um, and then I also thought of Joe Manganiello, right? Who uh, is Flash in um, the Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, who starts the fight with him. But now he looks a little bit older, white in his goatee, and you know they talked about him possibly being Superman. So I had him, and then for Tommy, I had Dominic uh, Lombardozzi. Um, who I don't really know exactly what he's from, but I think if you saw him, you'd be like, oh, okay, I know that guy. Uh, but the, what I had that I thought would be like kind of a long shot was I had Charlie Day as possibly being um, Tommy. Certainly, and, has, certainly has the same energy. Um, I think it's probably silly energy, um, but I'm sure he could direct it um, and have it be like angry, kind of like crazy energy, but he definitely brings that same, I'm going to pop off. I mean, but I... I remember him from, you know, Always Sunny and from Horrible Bosses. So it's just very silly. Very silly. And there's, I just pictured him going off. I could see him losing it and just going off and being crazy. I could absolutely picture that. I think but he has a like little bit of intimidation. I'm not sure if Charlie Day could present that, the intimidation, especially in that, that little bar scene where he, you know, really fucks with uh, Henry Hill. Funny how? Am I a clown? Uh, I think, you know, could you have looked at him kind of looking at Hayden Christensen like that? And that's probably where the, the power struggle was. Well, you hit the nail on the head. You said intimidation is where I really lost him because he does have all the energy of Pesci. But I don't feel like I would be scared of Charlie Day. Right. You know, I would be scared of Pesci. And so right. that's where I ended up with William DeMaio because he I was scared looking at his picture. <laughs> right. No, I, I I think it's great. I mean, he the, the nose is very <laughs> Very Italian-looking fella. I mean, I want his mom to make pasta for me right now. <laughs> um, the, awesome. only, the only other uh, almost I had was uh, a, a different Polly. Um, I thought someone who's respected, um, older, obviously, um, and, and this had been a, a real wild one. Um, that's why he wasn't um, my legit, but my almost was Stallone. Okay. I thought you know the the age, you know, you know, respected, you know weathered guy you know probably could have walked around looking like the dawn but um i thought that you know like i said d'onofrio was that number one he's the first guy i casted i like d'onofrio better i mean i love stallone and i think stallone would actually do really well in that role i just think that again he's a little bit bigger for that role so yeah the scenes that he's in he would be the main focus of the scenes and so i like um d'onofrio a little bit better because paulie while he was the big cheese you didn't feel it the way the movie was shot. He was always kind of a background character. Now, I have to ask you, have you seen um, Daredevil on Netflix? 
I haven't seen. I watched the first episode, um, but I hadn't really started getting deep into it. Really, really recommend watching. You know, at least the first two seasons of it, because that's where you get to to see D'Onofrio in all his glory as Kingpin. All right. And it's epic. Yeah. I will put it on my binge watching list. I've got a few shows I got to go through. So. <laughs> I'm sure it's a very long list. It's a laundry list for you, Wayne. But you know, I I, I believe in you to watch it. And uh, um, may I get um, a a, uh, a finals prediction here? Is it going to be Suns and four? Uh, five. All right. I think Milwaukee gets one. That's understandable. Yeah, the Greek freaks can end up going freaky for one game, but uh, yeah, it's uh, looking closer like a gentleman's sweep. All right. Well, that's what we have. Uh, we will put the casts up on uh, all the social media platforms and they will be all together. So you get to see everybody's cast side by side instead of just one at a time. And you'll have to let us know. I mean, go on uh, Facebook. As I said, it's at Recasted Podcast on Twitter at Recasted Podcast and on Instagram at Recasted Podcast 8. And take a look at both the casts, comment beneath, and let us know how we do. It's always nice to get seven or eight people but it would be even nicer to get 20 people absolutely i continue to let everybody i know you know i make them aware that we've got a fun movie podcast we do and i think goodfellas is like i mentioned the just about the biggest name we've done so really excited for people to listen to this and uh, give us our you know their thoughts and beyond that i know that we have a fun re-recording of a time to kill um that you know we're excited to present to you guys coming up soon too so when that is uh, available to you, certainly check that out too. And any of our archived episodes, we've done a lot of great movies so far, ones that are near and dear to Wayne and myself. So uh, please check those out and uh, you know, let us know what you think of any of them and what you guys think we should do next. Uh, we've got a lot of movies between the two that we think we, are, we could crush, but let us know what you guys think you'd like to see us do. Absolutely. We'd love some feedback because every week we have to pick a new video or new uh, movie and it'd be nice to have somebody say, hey, you should do this. Perfect. We'll right. do it. Right. I agree. It'd be very fun. Um, we love the interaction, and uh, this has been a very fun hour, Wayne. I hope uh, you have a great rest of your weekend, and I uh, can't wait to listen to this. Absolutely.